0: Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. shares a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. When adversity strikes, you have to depend on the Lord. But when life in this world seems too good, you don't look forward to life in heaven as much. Pastor J.D. will teach that some spiritual places are only reached when you go through a trial. The challenges of this world plants inside you compassion for others who are suffering, and it gives you the urgency to share the hope that's only found in Christ. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on January 13th, 2019. They were strengthening
1: the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. Why? Because some of them were... (laughs) Falling away, you might say. In a sense, they were encouraging them and strengthening them to remain steadfast. Well, how then did they do that? What did they say to them in order to encourage them and strengthen them? Oh, you can have your best life now! Be encouraged! Thank you for not laughing. (laughs) No, here's what they said. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. That's what they said. Well, oh, that's not very encouraging. I thought they were trying to encourage them and encourage their hearts and strengthen their hearts and you're telling them that they have to go through many hardships? How is that encouraging? Oh. (laughs) That's our why question. Why must we, as Christians, go through so much suffering and hardship to enter the kingdom of God? I want to share with you several reasons. One of which is that God chooses and uses the furnace of affliction to prepare us and purify us for heaven. You may not want to hear that, but it's the truth. That fire purifies us. The furnace of affliction prepares us for that which He has prepared for us. Behold, I go to prepare a place for you. This world is not your final destination. You're just passing through. Why are you digging your roots down so deep in this temporal world? I'm coming soon to get you to take you to that place that I have prepared for you. That's my purpose. That's my plan for you. I know the plans that I have for you. I don't want to hurt you or harm you. My plan is to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. This is the hope. This is your future. And here's the thing. I hate to say it this way, but for lack of a better way of saying it, God's got a problem. I know God doesn't have problems, but He does have this one problem with us. We're the problem. Okay, is that better? And you know what the problem He has with us is? He has to allow the difficulty, the hardship, and the affliction, and the pain, and the suffering. Because that's the only way that he can get us to look up. To fall out of love with this world and the things of this world. This is Romans 8, 28 and 29, right? Will you turn there? Because I want to read both. Romans 8, verse 28. I mean, we all have this memorized. We sing it. We just actually thank you, Leitu, our worship leader, for leading us in that song about Romans 8, 28. I think someone needs to write a song on Romans 8, 29. The Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Rome, Key word says, And we know, know, That all things work together for good To those who love God, To those who are, listen, The called according to His purpose. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, (laughs) what's his purpose? Oh, so glad you asked. His purpose is in verse 29. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be, and here it is, conformed to the image of his Son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. You know what that means? That means that God, in His plan and His purpose for us, takes us into His hands as the potter, we as the clay, and He molds us and shapes us into the image of his son, Jesus the Christ. That is a painful process, but that's his purpose. That's why, why the many hardships in life fulfill God's purpose, is to make us more like Jesus. That's why. That's why. And let's be honest. We have to be. We're in church. (laughs) When we're going through hardships, isn't it then that we want the Lord to come? Let me flip it around. When things are going well, (laughs) it's like the Lord's return I'm just being honest with you. And I think you would agree with me that when things are going good, the Lord's return isn't something that we long for or ache for as much. Do you see why it is that, by the way, God, spoiler alert, God knows that. And he's a jealous God, not jealous of us, for us, in his love for us. So when things are going good and we're starting to love this world and the things of this world, God says, "Uh uh-oh, it's Ecclesiastes 7.14. I'll paraphrase this verse. This is a very important verse. You might write it down and uh, read it later. Solomon writes this, during times of prosperity and joy. Hey, listen, when God's blessing you, enjoy it. Don't apologize for it. Praise the Lord. But when, not if, when adversity strikes, (laughs) stop and consider that God brings both the prosperity alongside with the adversity so that man will discover nothing about his future. In other words, so that you will have to depend upon him. You see, it's the trials and the hardships that draw us closer to the Lord and take us deeper in prayer in ways that we would have never otherwise experienced, had it not been for the hardship. How many of us could honestly say, though I would never want to go through it again, I would never trade what God did through that very painful time in my life. In fact, I was so close to Him and Him to me during that time, It has the effect of purifying us. That's the furnace of affliction that Isaiah says he has chosen the furnace of affliction to refine us, to purify us. Can I say it this way? To ready us for that which is about ready for us. That place that he prepared for us. So it's almost like this God's saying, I told you what's going to happen, particularly in the Middle East, before it happens, so that when it happens, you'll believe, and believers will look up and lift up their heads, and know that their redemption draws nigh, but we have a problem. The problem is, is that your grip is too tight on this world, and I know the one thing that will loosen that tight grip is hardship. Here's another thing. This purifying effect that God chooses and uses via pain and suffering also has the effect of freeing me from the bondage to a sin that I wouldn't otherwise escape. As John said it, the one who has this hope purifies himself, gets serious about his relationship with the Lord because Jesus is coming. I need to get my affairs in order. I need to stop playing church. I need to start getting serious. The time is at hand. One of the things that God has done in my life with the many hardships is he's used suffering to give me a greater compassion for people, also more patience with people. And what comes with that is a heart for the lost. It's as one prayed, Lord break my heart with the things that break your heart. That's something that only suffering can do. And what it births in our lives is this desire to reach the lost with the hope that we have to give to everyone an answer of that hope that lies within us. The good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. And, you know, we talked about this last week, and just bear with me, I'll bring it in for a close, but the good news is not only that Jesus was crucified, buried, and rose again on the third day, the good news is that Jesus is coming back soon one day. We don't know the day or the hour, but we do know that He is coming. That's the promise. This is why We do the ABCs of salvation at the end of our weekly prophecy updates, and I want to do that, but before I do, I want to thank everyone, particularly from our online church, who responded to last week's request for the ABCs to be translated into other languages. But... First of all, our website, which is calvarychapelkaneohe.com, this link that we created to, and it's on the ABCs of Salvation page, which is under Resources if you go to the homepage. But if you click on that link, it will take you to a Google Drive that has all the translations that you have sent in. And we have already like five different German translations of the ABCs, another five, I think, in French. Me think the Germans and the French need Jesus, but anyway. <laughs> um, there's even an Arabic uh, one up there that I got from my cousin. I, somebody had actually sent a bunch of Google Translate files, but we're not going to use them, and I'll tell you why. We want, well, first of all, some people have been very creative with the graphics, and so we like it if it's done that way, preferably. It doesn't have to be. But here's the other reason. First of all, I don't trust Google Translate. That's one. (laughs) But secondly, uh, and perhaps more importantly, the idea here is to have somebody who is fluent in a foreign language that maybe doesn't know the Lord do the translation of the ABCs of salvation into their native tongue, for what I think would be deemed obvious reasons. So now if you go there today, you will find, um, I think we have almost 20 or 30 PDF files that you can download in a, a number of different translations. So what you do is you email them to the email address that's on our website, which is office at calvarychapelcaneohe.com, and we'll get them up on the website, and then you can download them. I want to go through the ABCs of salvation. I appreciate your patience as I do. The A is for admit or acknowledge that you're a sinner and in need of the Savior. Romans 3.10 says there is no one righteous, not even one. Romans 3.23 says all, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 says for the wages of sin is death, the death penalty. But, and here's the good news, The gift of God, the gift of God, is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Once someone acknowledges their sin before God, having fallen short of the glory of God, then the next step is B, to believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. This is what Romans 10, 9, and 10 says. If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. Very simple. Very childlike simple. And lastly, the C is for call upon the name of the Lord, or as Romans 10, 9 and 10 also says, confess with your mouth. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And lastly, Romans ten thirteen, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. We just went through again, and for those of you who are here every week, this is about the 129th time that we have gone through how to be saved, by way of the childlike simple ABCs of salvation. But did you know that since we've been doing this, how many multitudes of people in the uttermost parts of the earth from every tribe and nation and tongue have come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ because of it? Do you realize? Yeah, you know what? Thank you, Terry and Joyce again. <laughs> I saw you again. Sometimes you just want to clap. You want to just praise the Lord. You know, the, the angels in heaven are rejoicing every time someone gets saved. And we're not rejoicing. It's the power of the gospel. This is how powerful the gospel is. And it's it's not me. I mean, let's be honest again. I'm kind of, you know, I just go through it and I just read the verses and recite the ABCs. I mean, if I can do it, you can do it. I hope I didn't diss you by saying that. <laughs> in other words, it's not in the eloquence of speech. It's in the power of the gospel. You know, uh, when... Jesus taught that parable, and I'll I'll end with this. And I appreciate your patience. I'm I'm done. But please just listen to this last thing. One more thing. (laughs) This will be the last, last thing for sure this time. You know when Jesus was teaching that parable about the soils, and how the farmer would broadcast the seed, and depending upon which soil that seed fell upon would determine whether or not it would germinate and sprout and bear fruit, right? You know what's conspicuously absent from that parable and the teaching and the lesson from that parable? The onus being on us. It's not. And is that not our biggest fear when it comes to sharing the gospel with somebody? Our fear is is that they're going to reject us. They're not rejecting us, they're rejecting Jesus, and we shouldn't be surprised. That's not on us. All we are asked to do, I would suggest commanded to do, is broadcast the seed. We have to share the gospel. If it falls on that hard soil and they get angry with you, keep broadcasting. Keep planting the seeds. Keep sharing the gospel. God's Word does not return void. And all it takes is for that seed to fall on supple soil in someone's heart. (laughs) And listen, I... For those of you who have had the privilege and the blessing of leading somebody to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, is there no high like that? Could it be that this is what God designed us to be and do?
0: Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth, with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaniohe. Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough. You can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and he is the Savior of the world. He gave his own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please. If you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. In the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in His love.